A couple of weeks ago, I was out on the playground at our local Catholic school as the kids from the public school began arriving for their weekly CCD classes. One of the first ones to arrive was a little third grader who had been a student at the Catholic school. I greeted her and asked how she was liking the public school. It's fine, she said, but I miss it here. I'll tell you why she missed it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, where we are all about spiritual direction, diving deep into the topic of the day and taking your tips and questions, along with hitting up our spiritual directors for some great advice and helping you grow closer to Jesus today. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. This little third grade girl told me she missed coming to the Catholic school. I didn't even have to prompt her to tell me why. She offered it right away, saying, You can talk about God here, you get to pray in school here, and you can visit the chapel anytime you want. Hearing this, I was absolutely beaming. What greater testimony to the reality of God's ongoing presence and activity in our small parish school? Of course, putting God at the center of things is a, if not the, major benefit of Catholic education. But there are many corollary benefits to be had as well, whether that Catholic education comes at a Catholic school, through religious education programs, or through homeschooling. Whatever the case, kids need to have the Catholic faith taught to them and shown, demonstrated to them, to help ensure their flourishing as human persons, both in the present and in the years to come. The importance of Catholic education is our topic today here on The Inner Life. Let's say hello to our spiritual director for the hour ahead. Joining us in studio is Father Bobby Blood. Father Blood is a priest of the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and serves as a spiritual director and vice principal at St. Edward High School in Elgin. Father Blood, welcome back to the program. Thanks. It's great to be back. Happy Tuesday. So crystal clear, too. Thanks for making the drive into the studio for us, too. Of course. Yeah. Well, I know that this is an uh, this is a topic that is near and dear to your heart as spiritual director and vice principal at a Catholic high school as well. But um, maybe maybe the best place to start, because I think it's important for educational purposes to have a good educational philosophy, which I think begins with a Christian vision of the human person. So maybe let's start there, Father. What would you say is the Christian vision of the human person? Yeah, I think from the very beginning, God has created us to be in his image and likeness. I think his His desire for us is um, to look at everything through the lens of, of being in relationship with him. So mm-hmm. when we talk about education or really any other part of our human experience, it, it should feed into uh, that great call that we have um, as a son or daughter of the father. And so uh, I think it is, it's the right place to jump off because our, our view of education has to be holistic, and it really has to look at, at the whole human person more than just uh, trying to transmit facts. Right, transmit facts or uh, whatever it might be. Um, I, I I guess I am often off on this topic too. That education nowadays, it seems like from the from the earliest years all the way up into you know post secondary education, that it seems to be evolving in this sense of being more training for a particular. A profession than it does, uh, or a particular job than it does necessarily taking into account the whole of the human person. That seems to be my sense of things, Father. 
Well, even now, you, if you ask a seventh grader what they want to be when they grow up, they'll be like, well, I'm, I'm thinking I might be a mechanical engineer, but I'm not sure. It's like, well, when I was in seventh grade, I was like, I want to be an astronaut, you know? <laughs> but but right. they're they're already sort of thinking, you know, this uh, education is a means to a career, which is a means to to money. And, and obviously that's part of uh, education in the American sure. system, but um, it, it does feel like it's it's taking a that turn of you know we're just trying to get through this so that we can get to the next level of education or eventually a good job. And um, I think maybe the Lord desires for us to maybe take a step deeper in our formation. That it's really yeah. that that it's it's formation. Exactly. And I don't know how many times. And I admittedly probably when I was in school that I probably used this line a few times myself. So it's not it's not absolutely brand new. But I do hear a lot about uh, some of the students that I work with are asking the questions of, well, when am I ever going to use this? Right. Meaning in life, when will I ever need to know? I don't know uh, the history of the Civil War or something like that. When is that ever going to help me? But now, but let's turn to the Catholic or the Christian vision of education and that relating to that as, as a human person with the understanding of who a human person is. Why are those types of things important for us when it comes to true, solid education and not just training? I think to, to come to understand the world and understand ourselves and our history um, and also understanding just good logic. You know, we've been given this great intellect to use. Um, so sometimes, you know, when you're working through a, a particular math problem, you know, when, when are you going to use this this certain formula? Maybe not ever again, but you're learning um, how to think and you're learning how to um, apply knowledge. Um, St. John Henry Newman, in talking about education, kind of described it as a, a critical systematic transmission of culture in the light of faith. Ooh. And uh, that's like heavy. But yeah. when we think about it, it's critical. So there's something serious about it. And it's systematic. There's a reason for doing it, right? So you start with your ABCs and eventually get up to working, or reading great works of, of Shakespeare or history or, or whatever it might be. Um, but really, it, it helps you to understand humanity. You know, the things that we've experienced in life, the things that have happened, the things that we uh, continue to teach because they seem like they're meritorious kind of points to to all of our experience collectively of what humanity is. Um, and in a particular way, from the Catholic lens, to see, you know, how does this play with our faith, right? So when you look at history of the Civil War, you're learning what injustices look like. You're looking at um, how hard war is. You're, you're looking at what loss looks like in a family. And and I think from those things, you really can tap into uh, who God's calling you to be and, and his relationship with his people. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're on the topic and speaking of like a philosophy of education and that sort of thing. Now, again, we're not in this program today. We need to make it clear. We're not out to besmirch or denigrate public education nor homeschooling or anything like that. But but recognizing that there needs to be this Catholic influence, regardless of where your children are going to school. But uh, would you say it's important for parents of children to have a good philosophy of education as well? I think so. I think Oftentimes, intentionality becomes the most important thing by which we live, whether that's in your family or in a school system. Um, Because we have to realize that our our decisions and the way we think about things and the choices we make make a difference. And parents have have a real impact on their children from a young age. We see a lot of virtue, a, a lot of dedication to study, that starts long before they may, might even enter into a school building. And so it's important to realize like parents are called to be the primary educators. They're called into that sort of mission. 
Um, and the hope is that when a student heads, heads into a normal sort of education system, Catholic school, public school, homeschooling, they will already have the foundation. And then both parent and institution can work hand in hand to bring them deeper into whatever these truths might be. Right, right. We're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, today on the importance of Catholic education, on handing on the Catholic faith to our children. How do you pass on the faith to your children? Maybe you have some experiences of either Catholic school, public school, homeschooling that you'd like to share with us in particular ways that you did hand on, again, this Catholic idea and understanding of this holistic mindset of education. Give us a call and join a conversation on our toll-free studio line, 888-914-9149. That line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, it's 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, you mentioned parents being the primary educators of children, and that's something that you hear, I would say, relatively frequently in Catholic environs. What does that mean and why? Why are the parents the primary educators of the children, regardless of where they're sending them to school? I think the the weight of of mission really sets on on the parents in a way that you know, this the school doesn't receive it. So we have, you know, in, in my school we have 210 students and we do our best to serve their needs as a whole and and as individuals. Um, but the sort of intentionality that it that it takes to really form a student has to sort of be one-on-one. And from the very beginning, I think parents are are called into that mission, right? With great responsibility, with great uh, power comes great responsibility. And so uh, school is for what, from eight to three. Um, But what sort of education is happening after they leave the building? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? And I think um, the the principle of subsidiarity talks about how Mm -hmm. the, the lowest order should take care of um, what, you know, issues first, right? So before a school maybe steps in to try to, to solve a problem, parents should try to, to handle it. Um, but I think some of that comes down to uh, your, the parents are the ones that are being witnessed day in and day out. So it's beyond the things that they, they actually teach you, sit down and, you know, you, you work on your vowels. Um, but it's, um, do they have a space to to ask questions? Does this, the child have a space to to um, enter into dialogue or or share maybe something happened at school that they didn't quite agree with or didn't sit right? Do they have that sort of place? And then also to see that parents are um, humble, generous, um, kind, right? So those sort of things really are primary to to anything that a school could actually teach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And those are the things that again form us into flourishing human beings and not just the uh, the right man or woman for the job come later in life true what's the um i guess what i what i want to ask is what does it mean father when the church teaches that the family is the smallest unit of society what is what's going on there yeah i think sometimes when we talk about um the raising of a child um we think about you know well what are the kids seeing in media um, what are they learning in their school? We're asking kind of big questions, which maybe are good questions. Um, but beyond asking what's happening in, in our world or our city or on their phones, uh, the question is what's happening in, in their smallest unit? Um, what's going on in the family? Where are they being fed, um, both physically and also like emotionally, spiritually? Um, and also th- there's a place of safety in the family unit that sure. you, you often can't find in, in a bigger institution. And so... Yeah. Um, it sort of provides the space uh, for the needs of, of the parents and the children before they even enter into something bigger. 
Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, fostering that desire for education, like a holistic education, like you were saying, Father. I remember, you know, when I was growing up, we would be sitting around the breakfast table and we would have be on some topic of conversation. And inevitably, it seemed um, some topic would come up where I had a question about something. And my dad's response, as often as not, was, well, look it up. And, and these are the days, of course, before you could just pull out your smartphone and look it up on there. So I had to trot off into the next room to get the get the encyclopedia off the shelf and uh, come back with it. And then we read this encyclopedia article together. And you know what? I tease him about that. But but now I can see how that was fostering this genuine curiosity about the, about the way things worked, about the way life worked, about the way the world worked. And that's something that I think was a, an admirable trait for, that parents would have to pass on to their kids. And even the, learning the practice of how to look it up. You know, the thing that's kind of um, surprised me in the last few years is uh, working with students. They A lot of them don't know how to use a laptop. They don't know how email works. A lot of them don't know how Microsoft Word works. They're only on their phone. And so oftentimes as wow. freshmen, we're reteaching them how to do something that I, I kind of took for granted. And I, I think about that that ability to, to be able to look it up. But, but also to take note that um, he didn't say look it up and leave it there, right? You brought the book back and you sort yep. of learn together. And I, yes. and I think that's huge, that sort of openness and 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 the humility too of a parent. Maybe he didn't know the answer. <laughs> and so to well, be able maybe. To, <laughs> maybe to say, you know, let's learn together. I, I think that's powerful. I think that's a very important point that needs to be underscored that uh, parents, just like with uh, with any with anything, of course, um, parents don't need to have all the answers in order to foster this this uh, good vision, this good philosophy of education. Yeah, not at all. And and I, and I think sometimes being honest about our deficiencies um, mm-hmm. is also helpful. You know, growing up, um, I'm not very good at math. My dad is very good at math, but he's not a very good teacher. He's not super patient. And my okay. mom is not good at math, but she's very patient. And so my dad would teach my mom the math, and then my mom would patiently <laughs> teach me the math. And so we got to a point where we just realized this has got to be the system. And so we we sort of realized where our blind spots are, and and the hope is we can kind of work together as a family unit to, to find out where those might be. I love that. I love that. We're speaking with Father Bobby Blood, who is our spiritual director today. He's the spiritual director and vice principal at St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois. And we're talking about the importance of Catholic education in the sense of handing on the faith and all that is required for genuine flourishing of the human person in the eyes of God in in all their years, in their young years and in their older years as well. If you have a way that you have handed on the faith to your kids, or maybe you have questions about what might be a good tactic, you can describe your situation and let our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, take a shot at it on how to best hand on those hand on the Catholic view vision of education to your kids at triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Give us a call eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine, or send us an email innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, let's go through the, I mentioned in my opening there, uh, actually I mentioned, I guess it was a little bit later on the, the benefits and challenges of, um, you know, the different varieties of education that are out there and let's maybe start father with Catholic school. Let's, what are some of the benefits of Catholic school and some of the challenges that quite honestly, Catholic schools face? Yeah. So I, I grew up in, in Catholic education and, and obviously now I'm, I'm serving in it as a priest. And so mm-hmm. I've got a front row seat to both the positives and negatives and, and I think we want to start by being honest, right? There's no sort of perfect system. I wish there was, but just like most things, we're made up of people, and so we definitely have pros and cons. 
Um, I, I think one of the, the major pros of Catholic school just on the onset is um, the ability to engage with the faith throughout the day, right? So in my school, every class, the students pray at the beginning. We pray at the beginning of the day. Um, oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm at campus every day, so I have students pop into my, my office. I'm having a hard time. Can we pray? Can we talk through something? And so there's an accessibility to the faith that's immediate. And so um, so that's a positive um, I also think that there's a certain level of camaraderie that comes with having like-minded people. Not that everybody's Catholic, but but many come from, you know, Catholic families or, or from a Catholic grade school before it. And um, you have an opportunity to sort of build relation, relationships with the expectation that we're, we come from a similar uh, place. So I think those are, are two main positives. Um, but, you know, some of the negatives, it's, it's, it's expensive, right? We don't have yeah. the same funding that public schools would have. Um also, we're often smaller schools, and with that can come some um, some clickiness or some um, maybe entitlement that comes with folks because they, they're paying tuition. So there's a little bit of of pride that could squeak into the the not so positive zone. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I would just say um, I think there is something to be said for um, having to face things that are contrary at some point in your life. Right. Mm. So in a Catholic school, for the most part. You're going to be fed one one worldview, one perspective, which I believe is the one true faith. Um, but sometimes it's it's nice to be challenged because then we can learn and realize where where are the questions that I have and how do they come to the surface so that I can find solutions and um, continue to to deepen. Yeah, talking about the importance of Catholic education. Let's go to the phones. Froy is calling in from San Diego, California. Good morning, Froy. Thank you for calling in. Yes. Hi. Good morning. Um, my comment is that. Um, <clears throat> Our children, uh, we have three boys, and they're all adults now. They all grew up uh, uh, with my wife and I, making sure that they went to uh, church on Sunday, attended all the the required CCD. And um, when I was in the military, my wife got left behind to do the job of two parents. And she did a really good job making sure that they understood what uh, um, uh, the Catholic faith was all about. And uh, glad to say that they all turned out well. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't go to, uh, they, they went to the public school system, but uh, they, they told us later on that they, they were thanking us that they, uh, for what we did for them and uh, for their faith. So that's, that's how they, they are now. All of them are good, productive uh, citizens and uh, glad to say that all of them are deeply rooted in the faith. That's beautiful, Frey. Yeah, I, I think it really is a testament to 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 you and your wife, and and realizing that um, your role is is essential. And and I think every family has to discern what the right call is when it comes to education uh, for their family. Whether that's you know the best school depends on where you are. Sometimes the public schools might even be better. Um, but realizing that when they went home, the faith was foundation, and I think that's powerful. So thanks for sharing that with us. Roy, thank you for the phone call. Great testimony, and God bless you for, for raising these kids in that way. Thank you so much. We are talking about the importance of Catholic education, specifically in terms of handing on the faith to our kids. How do you go about that, and how has that played out in your family life? Maybe you have questions about how, how you're doing it. Can I do it better? If there are any advice to be shared, we would love to share it. We can also ask our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood. Our phone number again is 888 9149 again 888 Our email address, if you'd prefer, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Got lots more to talk about and the importance of Catholic education coming up right after this short break. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. So are you looking down the calendar yet at those holidays that are looming ever closer? And if you're looking for the perfect Christmas present, i got an idea for you. How about a once-in-a-lifetime trip? Yep, a once-in-a-lifetime trip to Indianapolis next summer, July 17th through 21st, for the National Eucharistic Congress. Because you know what? Relevant Radio will be live and in person there at the National Eucharistic Congress. We're inviting you to join us. Show up for Jesus at this once-in-a-lifetime celebration. Check out our travel packages for the Congress at RelevantRadio.com slash encounter. That's RelevantRadio.com slash encounter. We are speaking with our spiritual director, who I believe you're going to be at the conference, too. Is that right, Father Blood? I will. We're the bringing Congress. a group from the from the high school with the diocese, so it should be Fantastic. great. Fantastic. So you can meet some of our great spiritual directors for the inner life there as well. Great. I'm looking forward to that. We're talking about the importance of Catholic education today. Let's go back to the phones. Elvira is calling in from Ceres, California. Am I saying that right, Elvira? Ceres. <laughs> Ceres. Okay, there you go. Ceres, uh, California. Elvira, welcome to the inner life. Hi, thank you. Um, so my question is, I'm a faith formation coordinator for my parish, and this year my numbers grew immensely. But the numbers that I'm very surprised um, that have grown is out of about 280 students that I have, about 80% of those students are boys. So with that said, my question is, how can I keep the boys engaged in wanting to continue their faith after they receive their sacrament of Eucharist, after they receive their sacrament of confirmation, like to have them stay within the faith so, um, with coming to church and all that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I, I'm teaching one class this semester and I have all boys and, and one poor girl. <laughs> and so, oh, uh, but I, I think it's a good question because the way we engage in the faith looks a little different. Um, I would say in my experience, um, trying to, to engage uh, young men, um, it, it can be helpful to speak plainly. You know, sometimes uh, in our faith, we can have a tendency to, to make things a little flowery and, and, and warm and approachable. And, and I found with, with young men, sometimes they just need to be told straight. And so even, you know, looking through the scriptures and, and seeing those moments where Jesus spoke so clearly and, and using that to address the boys. Um, my other piece of advice is um, find ways to let them get energy out. Because sometimes I think they just need to sort of to shake out a little bit of the crazy before they can enter into deep dialogue. So um, those are the two ideas I have, but I, but I would say um, just your faithfulness to them goes a long way. And uh, maybe, maybe one more thought. You know, I, I think sometimes having dads engaged um, makes a huge difference in the faith. So even being able to name that, I don't know if you ever have a gathering of parents, but being able to, to, to name, you know, we have a lot of moms who volunteer and we've got these awesome, you know, teachers. Um, but I want to find some ways to get dads involved because I think that makes a difference both in, in the life of the dad and also sons to be able to see, oh, no, it's it's not unmanly uh, to care about the faith. So just some thoughts. Yeah, very good. Elvira, great question. I'm glad. I'm so glad that you called in to ask that, keeping our boys and girls, for that matter, interested in the faith beyond the uh, sacraments of, of initiation and the formation that they receive in preparation for those is a great question. I know it's on the minds of 
probably every faith for, formation coordinator throughout the world right now. So great question, Elvira. And thank you, Father, for your advice on that one. And thanks for the call, Elvira. Let's go now to Jeff calling in from New Mexico. Jeff, thanks for calling The Inner Life. Thanks so much. So I have a question uh, sort of geared on the last one, but more towards the parents. Um, you know, as Father Blood mentioned, you know, the, the family is kind of that core first foundation and they model the behavior for the children. What's What would be some recommendations on engaging with parents who perhaps weren't formed very well when they were children or have kind of not really taken the faith very seriously other than um, thinking that the church is going to do the faith formation? Um, what, what's a good way to engage with the parents without um, coming across too negative in their kind of where they're at? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, we always have this tendency to to get preachy when we finally get folks in front of us. You know, Christmas and Easter, the priests have a tendency to tell people to come back to Mass. And when you get parents from from religious education in a room, it, it's easy to, to want to start preaching on them. Um, maybe one idea is, is just to sort of put in, in context or perspective, uh, love them first and then educate them. Um, I think sometimes... Um, parents don't quite understand intellectually why it matters. Um, they, they know a little bit that kids need to go to this. That's important. But I think sometimes they haven't integrated why the faith would be important to them. And so if you can intentionally get to know them, um, learn little things about them, remember things that they said, oh, you've got a, a grandma who lives in Denver. Oh, okay, just find ways to make connections that way. Um, and then also to affirm things about their children to them. So being able to name you know, Timmy today was super behaved and super engaged. He had an awesome question about X, Y, and Z and find ways to just kind of engage them in the midst of the, the um, experience of their student. Um, and then also similar to, to what I said about, you know, teaching you know, boys, uh, sometimes too, I think it's okay to name to parents, you know, um, we aren't going to be able to do everything that you wish you, you, you your children would have in these two hours. You know, we, you know, um, if you desire for them to live a life where they're, loved and seen and known by by God and they can reciprocate that you have to sort of take ownership and being able to be honest not in a preachy way but to say that you really can make a difference if you step into this because I think sometimes people want to be heroes people want to step into a role where they feel like they're making a difference mm-hmm. it's a great question Jeff thank you so much and I'm I'm still trying to incorporate it into my own practices of when I'm teaching that, uh, yeah, love them first. I, cause I'm, I'm right there with you when I'm given a soapbox, I rarely turn down the opportunity to, to get up on it and do some preaching, but I'm learning. I, I, even I can learn and, uh, the Lord is helping me to understand. Yeah. Love them first. And that's a, it's a great piece of advice. Let's go now from Jeff to Joe, who's calling in from Arizona right next door. Joe, welcome to the inner life. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Um, uh, to address Catholic education, I kind of did it backwards. I was in public schools up till eighth grade and then uh, out in Massachusetts, and I was totally uh, failing it uh, academically and all that. And then my mother sent me to Central Catholic High School in uh, Lawrence, Mass., which is was taught and still is taught. Uh, it was mainly the Maris brothers. And it was, it wasn't, it was an all male format, which I think was better. Um, they're now co-ed, which I'm not so sure co-ed uh, is the way to, way to go. I think that 
to engage boys better, it seemed like the uh, brothers and the priests uh, were able to be a little more unplugged, you know, in the uh, all-male format. And I feel that that's uh, gave me the keys and uh, to success that I feel that my life has been. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I, I think sometimes when we sort of compare public schools and, and, and Catholic schools, oftentimes public schools talk about how um, they have the resources and the ability to, to kind of um, pro- provide more hands-on approaches to, to education, especially those who might have um, difficulties academically, um, whereas Catholic schools, we don't have as much resources. But what I found is oftentimes because of the structure and because it's sort of rooted in our faith, the, the teachers go above and beyond and are able to sort of meet some of those needs. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy that was a, a positive transition for you. Yeah. Joe, thanks for the testimony. We were talking about the importance of Catholic education today. If you, like Joe, have a story about how Catholic education has played a good role in your life, we'd love to hear from you at 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question about handing on the faith to our kids, whether you're sending your kids to Catholic school, to public school, maybe you're homeschooling as well. If you have your questions or comments, we'd love to take them at 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Let's go now to Stephen calling in from Texas, Central Texas. Stephen, welcome to The Inner Life. I, uh, your last uh, caller kind of touched on what I wanted to ask about. Uh, there's some, some students have learning di- difficulties and learning disabilities and um, maybe like attention, attention deficit problems or I don't know what the exact terms are, but uh, what, what, uh, what is the best approach for, uh, to uh, deal with uh, students that are, that are uh, experiencing those types of problems? Yeah, it's a great question. I think every situation is different, and, and oftentimes when we look at um, a child and, and their sort of abilities and, and their needs, um, each kid is going to have a specific plan that's best for them. So um, a family has to sort of discern the schools that are around them. Um, I know at, at my school, at least in the high school level, we have a couple of counselors who who work full-time at the school, and they help come up with plans and figure out, okay, where are the struggles at? Is it test-taking? Is it getting homework done? Is it focus? And then we sort of make a plan. Well, you know, they need to have a counselor read a, a test to them because it's too hard for them to focus when they read. Okay, so we try to do that. Um, or, you know, maybe it is that they have something that they're diagnosed in and they need medicine, and we try to find... Um, what, what works best for the child. Um, but sometimes, you know, Catholics will, especially earlier on, you know, the third, fourth, fifth grade, maybe they don't have the resources if if their learning disability is um, larger. So at that point, you might say, okay, maybe a public school is a, a better fit where they have more hands-on um, resources. But um, but I think as a whole, like all of our schools, no matter the situation, should be striving to meet those needs, to realize that um, yes, there are standards. Yes, there's curriculum. Um, but the hope is that at the end of every day, a student has engaged with um, the goodness that the Lord wants to offer in that school and, and is able to walk away knowing that they've been cared for. So mm-hmm. I think it really is, depending on where, where we are and what our schools look like, kind of determines what's what's best for our students. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. It is a great point. And Father, just as you were talking there, I was thinking in my small community anyway, we have good communication between the Catholic school and the public school and specifically around if there are specific students. And we've had students go both ways, quite frankly, from the Catholic school to the public school because the public school had some resources that the kids needed. 
and vice versa um, from the public school to the Catholic school because there is seemed to be a better fit and a better environment too. So I, I like that uh, very much. Let's uh, let's take an email. Uh, Genoveva, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name right, forgive me if I'm not, um, switched her kids from public school to Catholic education two years ago. They're now in 7th and 10th grade. Been a great experience, she says. They have good communication with the religious sisters and the priest, and they come to to love the faith more. What worries me, she has a specific question here, is that for the Halloween holiday coming up, they're reading Edgar Allan Poe. And she says, I don't expose my kids to horror and terror movies or shows. After reading this book, my kids don't want to sleep alone. How can I handle this with the school? Um, So yeah, any suggestions, thoughts on that, Father? It's a great question. I would say these sort of situations come up all the time. You know, we all have blind spots and, um, and, and and maybe that's something that, um, you know, needs to be addressed. And, And my recommendation is, um, ask questions when you send the email into the teacher. Uh, oftentimes when we have something that frustrates us or we're having a hard time with, with something an educator is doing, we we'd immediately want to just kind of share with them, you know, what they did was wrong. And, and although that might be true in, in any given situation, it's helpful just in having that dialogue um, to at least present um, uh, that you believe that they have the goodwill of of your child in mind because they do, even if they might've had oversight or didn't sit well um, with your two students. Um, So I would say, you know, engage, right? We're, we're a team. The hope is parents and educators, educators are on the same page and sometimes we might have disagreements, but, um, but I think it's good to to have that conversation and, and try to have it in a place where maybe the teacher could explain why they use that certain text or whatever it might be. Certainly. Yeah. And and specifically, obviously, this isn't just applicable to um, such authors as Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, this is across the board. I think there's always um, some concern if there's something that comes up that could be questionable in some ways. And uh, at least in my experience, like you said, Father, I think a, a little dose of, of tactful, um, respectful communication goes a long way. So thank you for the email. Appreciate that. Um and thinking about it, I guess, Father, going back to the kind of the benefits and challenges, um, I don't want to get too far straight from that because I do want to hit up public school and homeschooling as well. So before we take our next break, maybe some of the benefits and challenges of the public school. Yeah, I, I think a major um, thing the public schools has has is resources. So that's at least from, from my seat in a Catholic school, one of the things I look at over there is, man, they have buses and they have more teachers and mm-hmm. um, a lot of things very practically that the public schools have in their favor. But I also think that you have an opportunity to take ownership of your faith, especially if, if you're of a minority of Catholics. Um, you get to know other people who have different perspectives and, and sometimes run into some really faithful Protestants who, who you can have great dialogue with. And um, so I think that's a positive um, it's it's free, so that's a pro. <laughs> um, but the, the the negatives I would say is then faith education sort of rests fully on the parents um, and religious ed programs, and that really depends on the parish, right? I've seen some parishes that have really thriving, holistic religious ed, but that's hard to come by with the limited time that students have in those programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the 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 maybe hesitancy or fear when it comes, especially like science and health. Uh, a school teaching something that's contrary to to what the the faith teaches, um, so I would say those are the major. You know, in a, in a bigger school, maybe it's hard to find your like minded, virtuous friends. But um, in general, I, I think it's one of those things where uh, if public school is the right fit, 
you know, financially and, and it's a good school and you feel like it's, it's the right move, then it's the invitation to say, okay, how are we going to intentionally integrate the faith that comes after they get home from school? And I think it's, it, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, that, uh, that all Catholic schools and all public schools are not the same. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something to keep in mind there as well. We're talking about the importance of Catholic education and handing on our Catholic faith to our kids today on the program. If you have specific ways that you have done that and have worked really well, you've seen your kids grow and flourish in the faith, give us a call and share that with us at 888-914-9149. Or perhaps you have some good questions like we've had from our callers already thus far and our emailers as well. Uh, and that is 888-914-9149 or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to be more back with more of The Inner Life and speaking about the importance of Catholic education with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, from the uh, St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois, serving as spiritual director and vice principal there. We've got more of the show coming up. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Zentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser taking your phone calls. I know that you're already anticipating November and the upcoming celebration of All Saints Day, but it's followed quickly, of course, by All Souls Day. In November, the whole month, we celebrate the lives of our friends and family who have passed and pray for their entry into the kingdom of heaven. So we're asking you to join your Relevant Radio family in prayer as we offer novena for these holy souls. You can go to relevantradio.com slash souls and submit up to 20 names of your departed loved ones at relevantradio.com slash souls. And in doing so, you'll receive reflections from Father Rocky each day of the novena to help you enter more deeply into prayer and encourage your friends and family to do the same. That novena is going to run from November 2nd, from All Souls Day through the 10th, and we'll be praying for your departed loved ones at Daily Mass at noon central, at the live stream Divine Mercy Chaplet at 3 central, and at the Family Rosary Across America at 7 Central, all right here on Relevant Radio. Uh, We are talking today about the importance of Catholic education. If you have questions about handing on the faith to your kids, whether you send them to Catholic school, public school, or homeschool, we are here to take your questions at 888-914-9149. Let's go to David now, calling him from Edinburgh, Texas. David, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Hello, Patrick and Father. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Uh, sure. I just wanted to share that uh, we've been, uh, uh, my wife and I, Carolina, have been uh, Catholic home educators for for over seven years now, and it's been wonderful to see the uh, the the growth and the 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 flowering of our children's uh, uh, spiritual life just by uh, bringing a Catholic curriculum to our children and uh, the <clears throat> the uh, flexibility that comes with with uh, with Catholic homeschooling. And it's been wonderful to see our 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 oldest daughter just graduated from 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 high school and she's a she's a lector at church and and uh, involved in the choir. My son is uh, 17 and he's a second year college student because we were able to graduate him early. And all of our children are just uh, just a, a wonderful, uh, I believe, a wonderful testament to the faith and uh, 
the question that I have is, um, is that, uh, is there anything on the, uh, on the, uh, U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops or on the diocesan or archdiocesan level that uh, is coming down in the future that may be able to help Catholic home ed educators like ourselves? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I don't know anything offhand that's sort of like uh, in a formulaic way coming down from the top. Um, in my experience of, of uh, homeschool groups, especially like co-ops, the one thing I've loved um, sort of witnessing those families is there seems to be so much fun that's had in the midst of that flexibility. And so, um, yeah, I don't know anything from the top and I would say, you know, maybe in particular talk to your local pastor to see, you know, how he might want to engage, right. If he wants to come and, and visit your group or, um, if there's something that he could in a particular way help with. Um, cause I think every pastor sort of has their own, um, perspectives and availability, but I think it's worth having that conversation just to see how, how, you know, he might be able to help support and also how you might want to give back to the parish in whatever way. So, um, but no, that's, I'm, I'm glad that was a successful uh, venture for, for your family. Absolutely. And with the fruit that has come from that, David, uh, make sure you're sharing your wisdom with other homeschooling parents as well. And uh, yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate you calling into the inner life. Well, Father, um, we've talked about pros and cons, benefits and challenges of Catholic school and public school. And since David just set us up well for homeschool, what are some of the benefits and challenges for homeschooling? Yeah, I think the number one thing that, that he sort of referenced is uh, that the parent can sort of dictate uh, the curriculum. They have a handle on what's being taught. Um, and there's a ton of resources out there for folks to, to kind of have all of the subjects through the lens of faith. Um, I think another positive is, especially if you have a number of uh, homeschool families, you can sort of do events together, or if, if one parent is really good at teaching science, they teach the group and, and maybe trade off. Um, and then finally, I, I think time as a family is a gift. And so even if education becomes a place where a parent or both parents can spend time with their, their children, I think that's a positive and, and that's a, a good experience. Um, to, to be totally frank, sometimes I, as a Catholic educator, I, I wish these strong homeschooling families would um, uh, come and be a part of our school. I think sometimes they mm -hmm. would help. You know, they have a, a lot of kids often, and they're dedicated to the faith. I, you know, sometimes you wish you had those people on your team trying to build up Catholic schools. Um, so I think maybe that's a, that's a negative, is that it's a positive for their family, um, and that's important, maybe primary. Um but a greater society is maybe missing out on their presence. So I'd say that's a negative. Um, and then another one that is, is often talked about is, you know, are they having proper socialization, right? Mm. Oftentimes they've got their co-ops and they have friends, but it's hard if you don't have a, a swath of 30 classmates, 60 classmates to sort of get to know people and, and grow socially. I think that happens naturally, but... Yeah. Um, Oh, it, lots to lots of things to weigh across the board for when it comes to Catholic school, public school, and homeschooling. All those options being having their own pros and cons, their own benefits and challenges. So I appreciate you kind of laying out some of those for us, uh, Father, as well. Let's go back to the phones. David is calling in from St. Paul, Minnesota. David, welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you. Hey, I know time is short. Um, I think one of the things that successfully has helped me in promoting the faith with my children, along with prayer and those things, is... Um, making sure that the priest that introduced us, the priest that married us and so forth, we would have them for dinner all the time. We would invite them for birthday parties, et cetera. Having that priestly and, and as well as religious sisters, having them come for dinner, joining us when we would be going out after mass, 
is a definite way that I think has promoted the faith within my children because they've seen that living witness up close, personal. They get to know Father, not just as the priest, but as the man. And um, I think that that's definitely a help in, in educating my children in the faith. Thank you very much. David, I absolutely agree. And as a priest who likes to eat, I'm, I'm fully behind <laughs> being invited over for dinner. But I think it's true. Anytime we can have um, sort of crossover between families and, and the church, especially the priests, um, it, it's positive for both, right? So it might be good for, for your children in, in, in growing in education, but it's also good for the human being, the priest, who um, is, is always looking for community. So I, I think that's a, a wonderful, um, practical way to, to work together. Mm-hmm. David, appreciate it, and it's a great points all the way around, and it's a, it's wonderful to hear that you're doing that. And that's one of the things that I think I would highlight as well. That uh, even in uh, even very small towns that tend to be largely Catholic in in faith uh, orientation, as it were, um, there can be a a paucity of times where the kids get actually some time to spend with a priest or a religious or something like that. And at least there's some there's some possibilities, like David was saying, in home schools, but also in the Catholic school environment where hopefully the kids get some exposure to that. Absolutely. Yeah, the hope is that um, the priest really can meet you wherever you are. And and it, I would say the highlight of my life as a an assistant principal in a high school isn't administration, isn't discipline, it isn't... It, it, it's walking around the halls and and talking to the students. I mean, that's it fills me and, and my own heart. And, and also, I think it's beneficial to them to say, oh, father's normal. He's around. You know, he's at the basketball game, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is good to see that. And I, it's a very heartening to see to let the kids know. As David said, you get to know not just the priest, but the man as well. And uh, I love the thought about that. We had an email come in. I'm going to shorten it a little bit, Mary, so forgive me for that, coming in from Mary from Maine, and uh, she was talking about homeschooling. They decided to start homeschooling their kids, and they joined a homeschool group, which you talked about, Father, um, at our parish where we do biweekly meetups, adoration, and field trips. And she says they're so busy, they feel like their homeschool group has more time playing and talking with others than public school kids, which is often something people worry about with homeschooling. The kids won't have enough time socializing. And she just goes on to say it's been a true blessing. She encourages people to look into homeschooling. Um, and if you don't have a community, maybe speak with your priest and see if you can have a group set up. So um, just another another testimony and uh yeah, a little bit of, of cheers for the homeschooling option as well. But again, just to go back to what we were saying, that there are potentially good options in all three categories of Catholic school, public school, and homeschool. Let me ask you this, Father. Um, if uh, if you were to sit down, and maybe you have this opportunity, but sit down with all the parents of your high school, of uh, St. Edward there in, in Elgin, and uh, you were going to talk to them specifically about passing on faith to your kids, what would you encourage them to do? Um, I think a few things. The number one thing is I would say have dinner together as a family. Uh, life is too busy. Everybody has requirements. You you have to, you, if not every day, a couple times a week, have a conversation at dinner. I think it, it is transformative. Um, I would say, you know, before your, your child goes to bed, whether they're, they're young or old, ask what they would like to pray for tonight and then offer a little glory be with them or some other prayer. And then also share with them when you need prayer. Um, I think that sort of dialogue at the end of the day is huge. Um, I would say uh, make Sunday Mass a high point of the week, right? Plan to go early. 
read the readings at a time, talk about the homily on the drive home, really allow it to be an experience. And maybe you have a special brunch every Sunday after Mass, some traditions um, that sort of um, feed the ability for dialogue. I think oftentimes we make life too complicated, right? Intentionally love your children, give them time and attention. And oftentimes if we're taking the faith seriously and we're entering into our faith in a deep way, spending time with our children, that's going to naturally be shared with them. You know what I'm hearing in what you say, Father, is um, just the age-old understanding, and it's the right one. I think it's an accurate one, but uh, one that bears repeating often, which is that it's not just about communicating catechetical information, but it's seeing that faith lived out, right? Absolutely. Uh, Ultimately, our, our goal is heaven. And so even when we think about our faith, if if it's only an intellectual sort of activity, we're sort of missing the whole point. You know, God loved us into existence and died for us and wants to be with him forever in heaven. And makes me think of the gospel today, right? Be ready, you know, gird your loins and light your lamps because God might be coming today. And uh, and sometimes that should be our perspective, right? This is this is all our whole life is, is just pointing towards that reality of heaven. And, and we don't want to get lost in the weeds. Yeah, right. And uh, I think one thing, if I may, if I can be so bold, one thing I might add too as a as a uh, elementary school and middle school religion teacher is have your kids teach you some stuff too, right? <laughs> I mean, ask them, ask them what they're learning, and if it goes beyond you, man, and be you know, be ready to learn. That was one of the things I would say. <laughs> Absolutely, some of these kids are sharp, man. Yeah, they're sharp. Yeah, and kids always ask great questions when it comes to religious or religious ed and and handing on the faith as well. Man, some of the greatest questions I've ever gotten come from come from the students that I teach. Well, Father, um, just in our last half a minute or so before we ask for your blessing, any um, particular saints that you might recommend as good go to saints when it comes to education and handing on the faith to your to our kids? It's a great question. I, I think um, John Bosco, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Ann Seton, one of our local uh, saints. Um, John Henry Newman has some writings on it. Um, John Paul II had a great love for the youth. And so I, I would just take some time and, and just say, ask the intercession of the saints who had a particular uh, patience and generosity um, with young people, because it's hard work to teach the next generation, but it's worthy work. Yeah, amen to that. Father Bobby Blood has been our spiritual director today and talking about the importance of Catholic education. Well, with this great monumental task of handing on the faith to our kids, to the next generation, we're going to need all the blessings we can get. So maybe we have a blessing from you, please, Father. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Father, we ask your blessing upon your sons and daughters in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, great show, great uh, fruitful, productive conversation, great questions from our callers and emailers. Thank you for that. If you need to uh, listen to it again or you know somebody who could use to listen to it, go to relevantradio.com slash inner life where you can do that. You can listen again and share it with others. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking about stewarding our resources well, all that God has given us. How do we handle them well with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh? Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, followed by a little Faith Explained with Gail Clark. So stick around for that. Until next time, grace and peace.